Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast. Before we get to our guests, special shout out to Cruise Consulting. We do all your startup accounting, startup taxes, and tons of consulting work, kind of whatever comes up, like financial models, budget actuals, maybe some state registration, sales tax, VC, due diligence support, whatever comes up for your company, we're there for you. 750 clients strong now, $10 billion in capital raised by our clients. I can't believe it. $2 billion this year. It's been a crazy, awesome year. So check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. And now on to our guest. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Founders and friends, it's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. Today, my very special guest is Emily Wang of Vento. Welcome, Emily. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> we just, before we turn the mics on, Emily had like three pearls of wisdom that I'm very excited to talk about. So this will be a really good podcast. So I'm forgetting who introduced me um, to you, Emily, but you are an entrepreneur. I think you, did you, are you part of the the Stanford Business School crowd? Is that how we got connected? I'm not, but actually Michelle Valentine, who you had on the podcast, amazing founder. She put us in touch. Michelle from Anrock, who, which is sales tax software, made the intro. She's awesome. And I'm always excited to, to meet another guest, good friend who's doing something in startup world. So glad to have you here. Can you just retrace your career a little bit and tell us how you had the idea for Bento? Yeah. Well, probably helpful to explain what we're doing at Bento, but effectively <laughs> we build product software that helps with what we call embedded everboarding. So you have a new customer, they're in your product. How are they supposed to figure out how to get to value with your product and use it? Why embedded? Because we're taking a different approach than all the tool tips and pop-ups that traditionally we experience um, in, in these products. Credit where credit is due, a lot of the inspiration behind Bento came from some of the things that we worked on as part of the growth team at a company called Intercom, which many people have probably heard about. I remember Intercom, great company. Great yeah, company, that's really cool. Great product. And we had a growth team that was focused on a lot of Intercom's business problems, for example, getting customers to value. And this growth team, we built many things, including this quick start guide that had its own separate page in the application. And it served a very different purpose than these product tutorials, which we also had, and which now you can buy off the shelf. Specifically, they actually tracked your progress session to session. Because one of the things that mm. we realized is that unlike consumer apps, with B2B SaaS, it's unlikely that your new user just figures out everything and finishes doing everything yeah. in one session. Yeah. And these pop-ups, they're ephemeral, right? Uh, and, and so that form factor didn't really meet. And so the team did this amazing job building this quick start guide, which is still active and live in Intercom today, but we hard coded everything. And so as with all hard coding, really difficult challenges with content management, hard, hard to take it out <laughs> and hard to iterate, you know, and as yeah, it turns yeah. out, like all the research that you can do up front, you still learn afterwards that people respond to different messages in different ways. Mm. Plus, for a company like Intercom, they ship so quickly. The product is constantly changing. They serve so many different use cases. It's very hard to manage all of that targeting and all of that just content changing. So that was a really formative experience um, that, you know, a long way down the road eventually inspired a lot of Intercom. But my career has been in product for, for the last eight or nine years. 
And, you know, being in product, you're really focused on building new things and fixing a lot of bugs. And it's easy to forget what that new user experience feels like. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great, I was even thinking about that with Cruise because we're like, Vanessa's 10 years in, I'm seven years in. And it's like, I for, sometimes forget what it's like to be a new client, you know? And the fact that like your insight in that the way it was built for Intercom was hard coded, but yet Intercom iterated on its product so much that you wouldn't, you actually needed to probably change the tutorials and the measuring of where people are getting through and all that kind of stuff. That's actually like an awesome, awesome observation I hadn't really thought of, but it makes perfect sense. And it's, it's true for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we talk about is um, the people who are building the product, designers, PMs, and engineers, you know, as an engineer, you don't wake up every morning and you like drop your database and start new. Like every time yeah. you start building, you're building in an environment that is already set up. As a product manager, you don't wake up every morning, go through the signup flow all over again, but you log into your app and you see it in its setup state. Um, and yep. so it's very hard to build empathy, I think, for that new user experience. Even if you do log in and go through the thing, you have this huge bias in that you know what's supposed to happen yeah. or you assume it's easier than the rest of the world actually sees it. You know, there's there's tons of biases. So having a tool like Bento makes tons of sense to me. That's really, really smart. And I think a lot of the, um, the learning we had is, you know, it's easy to treat an onboarding project like it's one and done. Like, oh, we have designed for onboarding. Like we have designed for the signup flow. Once you have signed up, Accounts get created and you're done. But the thing is, onboarding isn't just about that first user, right? It's also about every new user who is joining that account. And when they join that account, that account hopefully has expanded now into more use cases than yeah, originally. Yeah. So you have a lot of dynamic states happening. Um, and I, I actually think it's one of the trickiest problems to do well in product, which is why usually we just rely on customer success teams you know, to, to bridge all of those gaps. And so Bento, how does it plug in? Like, is it an API centric solution? Like if I build an app then I can just plug into Bento and then use like some of your form factors or something, you probably have like a whole library of like tested effective stuff, right? Like, is that how it works? Yeah. And I think part of the irony is we had seen enough design projects that, you know, you end up getting this Figma board of inspiration and it's just screenshots of onboarding across 20 different apps. And everyone's like, oh, I like this and I like that. And then what comes out the other side is a variation of a checklist or some cards. Yep, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so not to undermine the fact that I do think it's important that the form factor looks and feels brand consistent, but yes, we have basically taken a number of these checklists, cards, carousels, and made it a library and said, try it out. You know, try this checklist style, try this one, but the obsession doesn't need to be how you're going to make your checkbox work. The obsession is what really does that new user need to do to get to value? And mm -hmm. given that we're talking B2B SaaS, your new users aren't all exactly the same. And so yep. what data do you need to make sure that the right use cases are getting you know, to their, their format of value. Do you, can you see stuff? This is, I'm just like super, I think this is such a great idea. Are, do you see people going like the wrong way? Like the, the quote unquote wrong way? I'm sure you see people who try some like try one thing, stop and leave the app and never return, right? Something like that. But like, do you see people going through an app in like the reverse order you'd hope they'd go through or things like that? Like, are there analytics around that that you can share with the team? 
Yeah, I actually think that's really important. Um, meaning not everyone learns the same way. Some people yeah. are like, read the instruction manual, right? And other people, they buy a piece of Ikea furniture and they're like, brilliant, throw it out and you know, see what I can build. One of the really nice things about these embedded experiences is that you're not locked in. These modals or these tool tips, it's like you're just trying to get them out of the way so that you can explore the way you want to. It's pretty often with our customers' implementations of Bento, we can see the analytics where their users completely dismiss the onboarding in the first you know, oh, instance. Yeah. And then like yep. 20 seconds in, they're like, okay, hang on. I don't actually know what I'm doing. And then they go back to it. You describe me and any app I've ever used. I'm, I'm totally the person, my wife is the person who reads the directions and I'm the person who, uh, and, and she always ends up doing better than me. But you're right. I've definitely got into stuff and then I'm like, oh my God, I wish I could see that tutorial or I wish you could see how I was supposed to do this again. And so you make, make that possible where people can go back in and, and access it. Yeah. Well, part of it being embedded is it's like a page, you know, most of our customers will put it in whatever the landing page of their app is. Mm. And so to the extent you can reaccess your dashboard, you can reaccess your, you know, onboarding cards or journey. And are you doing this with like web apps or iPhone apps or Android? Like what, where do you, where do you play in the ecosystem? Yeah. Our big focus is on B2B SaaS um, because mm -hmm. it's complicated, right? Because with B2B SaaS, you have different personas. If you just have one persona and it's like Instacart, you know, it's like, look, you have to go get some groceries. You have to put in your payment information, got to check out, just build it yourself. Like why would yep. you use a third party tool for that? But if you have different use cases, and especially if you want to allow your customer success teams to collaborate, well, now the complexity of building it in-house is just skyrocketed. And so because we focus on B2B SaaS, we're predominantly uh, web desktop focused. Yep. Super cool. Have there been some moments like, like in the evolution of the company, is there a moment where you're like a, like a, a company, a, pro, a client, customer um, signed up with Bento and you're like, oh, we made it like a, like a company you admired signed up. Have you, have you had that moment yet? We've gotten to work with some, some really amazing companies. You know, uh, one of our customers, uh, Ironclad, um, you know, powers contracts oh, yeah, yeah. for a lot <laughs> of, of other companies that we're familiar with. But there's, it's also been really fun to see the, you know, world of PLG type companies and, you know, correlated is one of these new data companies that helps you understand who's in your product, who's using your product actively. Um, how do you, you know, send your sales team, right, to engage with customers who are product qualified leads. And yeah, we got to be a part of their product hunt launch, right, because suddenly they were opening up to many more new signups and had to have a way to land people into a reasonable um, starting path. So that's awesome. That's really cool. That was like the moment where you're like, this is Bento is going to work kind of thing. Like, I mean, nice I, think, validation. I think that's happened a couple of times. Um, we work with this uh, pretty incredible customer success manager at another company called Assembled. And she was just on call after call after call. And, you know, Bento has been part of a push that they've had to really create scale uh, with their onboarding. And after they launched with Bento, they were able to not only shorten the amount of time it took their users to get to that activation moment by something mm -hmm. like 25 mm -hmm. or 30%. 
But Sam's calls dropped by like 75%. You know, now she's doing group calls and the calls that she's doing are much more engaging than like, let me walk you through steps. And, and that's yeah. the whole point. It's not to remove the human. It's that no human wants to be on the other side, pedantically regurgitating the same training over and over again. Well, and so in this use case, the customer can go through it and this, the customer success, it was a customer success, I'm forgetting success. what her title was. She can actually watch them doing it and talk them through it or... Or be there to answer questions if they get stuck kind of thing? She can log into Bento and see what users have done. In fact, who did it and when. Um, mm -hmm. You can Super set cool. up Bento steps to either automatically complete based on data that gets passed in that says, yep, they set up this integration. Um, or you can let your users you know, tell you that they completed something sort of like a traditional checklist. That's really cool. Yeah. And when you said activation point... Is this like the classic, I'll use like a, the, the, the inst, you know, Facebook, they, didn't they, Facebook say like, if you have seven friends, you'll become like a Facebook user for life kind of thing. Is that like the activation point you're talking about where it's, it, but this is B2B SaaS, like someone's finally comfortable enough to use the app and will actually use it in business and, and be retained. Is that kind of what you're talking about? I think deciding what your activation metric is, is incredibly hard to pin down. Lenny's podcast, I can't pronounce his last name, but he does this really great uh, newsletter as well. And they released a bunch I of- I subscribe to that. Yeah, yeah I like it. And I'm not even a product person. I just enjoy reading it. Yeah, it's very well done. He released a benchmark study around B2B SaaS activation, I want to say two weeks ago. And one of the things that they called out is like, you know, where do people get this wrong? And one of it is like, how do you define activation? Uh, activation could be, okay, I've plugged in enough systems such that people can feasibly start using. That's like earlier. Um, yeah. Activation could also be, okay, the 20 friends in seven days where like, okay, mm -hmm. now I'm hooked. Mm -hmm. I think for B2B SaaS, that last one is really hard to pin down, right? But, you know, I think we encourage people to not think of this as, again, that one shot. It's, again, we call it everboarding because you're counting on renewal. So you're counting on this being a multi-year long journey. And so activation is not just, oh, they got to a milestone and now we'll ignore them and they're safe. Right? Now That's, we can retire. Yeah. 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 I, I think it continues to go, but having a couple of activation metrics, I think helps the team be honest with itself around, okay, is implementation too difficult or is like the actual long-term value moment too difficult, right? And then I think nothing subs out for qualitative research just talking to people and saying, when was that? For us, oftentimes that moment happens when we get feedback from our customers that say, hey, I got feedback from an end user that said they loved our in-product onboarding. They didn't know how we did it, but to please pass on their thanks to the product team. They're like, actually, we're going to pass it on to you guys. And for us, that's like <laughs> a brilliant moment. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, it's Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, taking a quick pit stop to give some of the groups at Cruise a big shout out. First up is our tax team. Amazing. They can do your federal and state income tax returns, R&D tax credits, sales tax help, anything you need for state registrations. They do it all. And we're so grateful for all their awesome work. Also, our finance team is doing amazing work now. They build financial models, budget actuals, and help your company navigate the VC due diligence process. I guess our tax team does that too on the tax side, but the finance team is doing great work. And then, you know, I think everyone kind of knows our accounting team is pretty awesome, but want to give them a shout out too. Thanks. And back to the guest. 
do you find this is like a kind of a funny question but because you have this library and because you have so much analytics across a lot of different companies do you find part of like when when you're working with a new customer they're ask you're almost like an advisor or a consultant for them because they they have to know like emily and her team have seen a hundred companies do this you know or like maybe more i don't i don't know how many clients you have but like do you do you get that like request for sharing your wisdom and and pinning down the activation uh metric you know like what how, how's that how's that dialogue go between you and your customers we do and it's actually funny because i think sometimes people mistake bento as being a ourselves a purely self-serve company or enabling full self-serve. And, and we were talking about this before you hit record, right? Which I'll unpack a little bit around why I don't believe that self-serve means no touch. Um, but exactly that, it's the reason we actually talk to all of our customers, even before we send them the trial link. We try to understand like, what are their goals? Are they interested, right? In some of the benchmarks or patterns that we've seen because just like with giving feedback, it's not really about what we say, it's about what they want to hear. Um, and if they're excited to partner on that, then it's going to be great. <laughs> That's awesome. You had another incredibly wise saying that I actually wrote down, humans can be a feature and not a bug. And I love that because our business is super people intensive. And so we kind of believe the same, but tell me how, tell me how you think about that or how you talk about that to the Bento team, to your customers. Coming from a product background, one of the first things that we actually did when we started the company is to outline a couple of principles. Um, and the reason behind it was to create some sort of internal consistency around how we wanted to build features and how we wanted to build a culture around what mattered. Going back to Intercom, the hard-coded quick start guide that we built works really well for long tail self-serve customers. But if you're talking about larger deployments, there's still a customer success manager involved and they're mm. running it on Google Docs. They're running it in Zoom calls because you need that flexibility, right? Yeah. And we were saying earlier, like, you know, we build and sell software, but really at the end of the day, it's humans buying, it's human workflows that have to change, and it's organizational politics that have to be navigated through. <laughs> and it's still humans who are best at helping each other do that. Yeah. You know, you can, you yeah. can guilt trip people, you can motivate people. It's very hard for software to do that. And so... I think with the focus on B2B SaaS, we knew that if all that Bento did was allow you to have a content management system to inject stuff into your app, it would be moderately helpful. And we would still see what we always see, which is your larger accounts are going to be on Google Docs. And so from the get-go, we invested from a data model perspective, from an infrastructure perspective, the ability for your Bento guides to, of course, be templated but a fork is created for every single account, every single company that wow, you're supporting. that's interesting. And that means a customer success manager or salesperson, if you're doing this you know, pre-sales, can go in there and actually change. And so it means if I'm talking to you, know, you at Cruise Consulting, maybe I use different language that resonates versus if I'm talking to Nike. And maybe certain steps in your onboarding aren't relevant. And so I'm just gonna remove them and I'm gonna add that's in the things really that are cool. relevant. That's really cool. Oh, no, that, that's the whole, you know, humans being a feature, right? Because these humans that, by the way, you've spent all this time to hire, it's too bad if all they're doing is repeated training. Yeah. Because yeah, they yeah, can be yeah. great yeah. sources of insight and context. So leverage them and then help them amplify this through your product. 
Yeah. That's very, very well said. I love it. There was another thing we talked about. Um, it's a little slight digression, but it's applicable to your like category. First of all, for those who don't know, PLG is product led growth is like a, is a term. And we were talking and one of the things we thought would be fun to talk about was just like, kind of like the, the myths around PLG, like you, cause you're, you're coming into this. This is like your world every single day. Like, what are some of the things you're seeing or people it, I always, I always think the first one is like, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Like the classic line, you know, Oh, it'll be so, we'll make it so easy. The, the it'll just grow so much. Like what are some of the myths that you see in this world? Yeah, absolutely. The, the number one uh, sort of myth is if I just have a great product, I don't need onboarding. I don't need help. Yeah, articles. Yeah. And yeah. again, I think this is where consumer and B2B SaaS is so different, but in B2B SaaS, oftentimes we're dealing with complex topics. You're dealing with finances and tax, that's complex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ironclad is dealing with contracts. That's just complex. Correlate is dealing with data. Like these topics are not trivial. And so even if your product has great UI, super functional, super clean, you can't expect every user to log in and have a clear mental model on exactly how they intend to get value. You know, if I were signing up for Especially if it's like the first time they've ever used it, you know, like, or, or they, they're experimenting. They just don't, it's, it's a new experience for them, right? Yeah. Like their mental model is getting formed. They're not going to come in with like a, a preconceived thought process on how it's supposed to work. Yeah. If you're a checklist to do app, you know, like, yeah, that should be pretty easy. People know how to enter in a thing and, and check it off. But in most of these cases, it's not really about the product UI or the navigation. It's actually that we're dealing with complex topics. Um, and so I mm -hmm. think it's it's a little cavalier to say, I just need to have a nice product. I firmly believe in that one. Yeah. Yeah. The other one we were talking about is that self-serve means no touch. Mm, that was another words of wisdom. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Say more about that because I, I, I'm you and I are totally aligned on this. Keep, keep going. I think self serve means that we allow people not to be blocked by a phone call, right, to do things, and those people specifically that we're talking about are motivated and qualified people. An unmotivated person is not going to get through, no matter your most beautiful self serve yeah. flow. And so the touch comes in around the things that software can't solve for: motivation keeping people on track and focused, navigating organizational roadblocks. Those are great ways, and I think very critical ways, that you still have to incorporate some type of human help. Yeah. Ideally, it's opt-in so that people aren't forced through it, but it's a win-win. Not only is your customer user set up for success, but the person you've hired to be in a customer success role is engaged because now they're a strategic partner. That strategic partner part of it too is such a is is really smart because we get some of our best suggestions on improving cruise service from our customers. And if we were trying to like automate them out of everything or never talk to them, we would miss out on like a treasure trove of ideas or little process improvements. So I'm totally with you. Like it it, it makes so much sense to give them an avenue to talk to you or let your success person jump in and help them in a moment of need that you'll learn so much. Yes. And we hear that sometimes from, you know, people who are reluctant to bring aspects of self-serve. They say, well, we really want to, we really want to learn. And it's like, yes, you should keep doing that. But, you know, unless the thing that you're trying to learn is how someone's going to set up your Slack integration, like 
that part you probably should make self-serve um i love it i love it well i've loved this part I, I think you're really onto something and i'm glad you have those customers like correlated and ironclad who like make you feel good as an entrepreneur because i always find also like there's these moments where you sign a new client or you're working with someone you're like oh it's like a validation for you as an entrepreneur and for the whole company so that's super super cool um maybe you can tell everyone we, we should wrap it up but you know how do they reach out to bento if they want to work with you how do they try the product what the, you know let and let them know where they can find you yeah our website is trybento.co turns out bento is a bento.com was already taken <laughs> yeah, 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 um yeah. and yeah they can sign up for a demo or just join the mailing list we'll reach out you know in both ways again we like to have a call up front just to really understand the use case and, and be helpful, whether we think that the solution is bento or something else. Um, and if there is a fit, we set you up with a free trial. We let you do all the mechanics on your own, but we'd love to, you know, be that, be that thought partner um, and strategic partner along the way. I love it. And it seems like someone would be foolish if they didn't want your feedback because you're seeing this across so many companies. So very, very cool. It's a pleasure meeting you, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on. And wish you the best of luck. And we'll, we'll be rooting for you from abroad here. So congrats. Amazing. Thanks, Scott. All right. Take care. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Scotty.